Welcome to Vaguely Music. I am Kelsey Jacobson. And I'm Ryan Struffler. And we're happy to have you back for this episode. We're going to be talking a fair amount about self-promotion, which we've kind of dabbled with in other episodes, but um, we wanted to tie it into a little bit about um, performer image um, and just general presentation of, of who you are, what you do, and how that can make or break your professional quality mm-hmm. as, as an entity. Um, so have you ever been responsible for putting together the image of a band? Oh uh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. And then I'm responsible for my own self, right? Cause I do a lot of sub gigs and I've been in and out of bands. So not only have I had to be the guy on a project, but I've also had to represent myself. Okay, so what were some of the things that you had to handle or like think about when when you were... So the big thing that always came about when I was in original bands, and that was, you know, the big caveat because I've never been the guy running the image on a full-time cover band, but I was the guy on a handful of original bands. And the big thing that they would always toss about for self-promotion was the EPK, the electronic, yep. electronic press kit, right? Which is like demo bio folder. Yep. Um, photos, not folder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the first thing that I had to put together um, as far as self-promotion. So you, you find somebody, you take photos, you write a bio, you record something because something is always better than nothing. Yep. It used to be back in the day you'd gig and then you'd record something and then... You know, you'd, you'd promote through that, but now you have to have a something usually to start to get, to get in, right, to start to get your foot in the door. So that was the very first thing. Um, with every band, it would be, okay, we're starting to like this. We might have played a couple of house parties or, you know, somewhere around a college or something, but if we want to gig out anywhere, we're going to need to make an EPK. Right. So one of the things that I notice for bands that are just coming together, just figuring it out, um, solo performers just putting themselves out, like everybody who is on that initial stepping stone of doing something, um, is that there's a lot of live casual footage um, now, and then um, a lot of casual photos. Like something between, hey, this is my selfie I snapped as I was walking into the gig, right. and here's some professional shots. It floats. It's so much easier now, right, with portrait mode. <laughs> but no, but it's so much easier to, to take a quality image casually. <laughs> Stop, stop, stop laughing. <laughs> for, for those of you who are keeping score at home, um, I'm quite pro iPhone and Kelsey has not been. And recently <laughs> her and Tom have switched to the iPhones and it's been a long standing battle of everything <laughs> is so bad. And then they discovered portrait mode and uh, life portrait, hasn't. Portrait mode's legit. I will give but Apple I, that. But I do, I do agree that it is, it is so much better now and so much easier. The threshold for amateur content, the quality of it has risen drastically. Right. So here's what I, here's what I see, seeing so many projects of so many um, experience levels and professional levels, I see certain things. So for the very put together projects, whether it's solo, band, original, cover, their consistency for the amount of um, the way they put out their content and the consistency of how frequently they put out content, whether it's um, upcoming shows or uh, photos or behind the scenes of whatever has been going on in their semi-musical existence that mm-hmm. given week or day or month or whatnot, um, snippets of song material, whether it's live capture of some rehearsal or um, a work in progress in studio or any and all of these things to 
photos of professional headshots, band shots, uh, gigging outfit ideas, anything, all of that is consistently referenced and, and put out into the world um, and helps establish a concept and an identity to something that's that's not when you're a soloist your music is not always just you sometimes it's like an aspect of who you are that you're expressing so it actually helps clarify to whoever finds you what it is that you are as a musician mm-hmm. um, and when you have a band you have you have to sort of make a singular entity out of multiple people. So they use all those methods consistently to create this like signature identity. I feel like some of the more amateur or developing performers um, don't see the consistency of that. So what happens is you'll get a lot of randomness right in presentation so one of the things too with the bands that i think do a really good job of self-promotion just just bands right now um the idea of the line of work that i've been doing recently and that some of my buddies do where your self-promotion as a a working musician you know in in the gigging in gb world is a little different we'll go into that but as far as bands um, some of my buddies in the band Bocek, one of the things I think they do so well is they consistently put out content of photos, of rehearsals, of video clips, but their, uh, their EP is easily accessible. So mm-hmm. it's not just for those who, who are coming into it, you know, who might have just seen them at a show at the Met or in Boston or anywhere around. They don't just feel like they've got to go through miles and miles of you know, cell phone footage and, and pictures, the quality, the, the, the shining point of all their, their pride, the stuff they put the most work in is easily accessible. And the right. frontlining image is like, you can grab it and then you get the after content, the personality after. And I definitely agree. I see a lot of bands and I've been this guy in a couple bands, um, you gas up your recording. You know, um, we're going into the studio. We're a young yeah. band. Here's a bunch of photos and videos and everything. And then the recording gets put out and then you drop off the face of the earth. Right. Because Same thing for big gigs. Right. Ooh, this is our big, exciting, fun gig that mm-hmm. we are pumped to do. And yep. so we spend that month pushing it like crazy. But then before that, you're kind of dark, and then after that, it's like going into incognito. All right, and it's somebody said this, and I think it's mostly applicable to this. It's just it has to take a slight turn that every industry is actually the service industry, right? And so for bands, it's like, well, what are you servicing? It's like, well, this is our original music. We hope that you enjoy it. You want to go out. You want to have fun. You want to see a band for a genre of music you like. You might want to go because you like the musicianship. You might want to go because you want to dance. It might be a mix of everything. You might yeah. want to go because your buddies are there. Um, and you see a lot of people ask, ask, ask. Like, hey, check out our EP. Hey, come to our show. Hey, come. And then when you get the other interactive side, it's not too interactive. It feels like very hollow type interaction. Uh, And I think that's where people burn out because they feel like, oh, well, nobody's interacting with any of our posts. Right. I also... Because you're always asking. Right. You're asking for... um, some kind of uh, commitment right. of time. somebody else's time or Energy. finances, yeah. something, focus when everybody is what, you know. And scary. I also think there's a lot of belogna once you come in and you're the creator. People post stuff as band leaders or as a representative for the band or whatever in a very different manner than the content they would enjoy to consume. Meaning yep. that like you, you post this stuff because you think it's going to be this or you want to do this with it. But if you were scrolling through Instagram, you wouldn't really want that. 
You'd right. be like, hey, this is kind of pretentious or this is long-winded and this isn't, right. And so a lot of people will create content or promote in a completely different way than they would consume. Right. Well, and I, so I think the crux of what we're talking about in self-promotion today that's different than other times we've brought it up is that you have to know your identity as whatever the performer is. Right. Right. And, and, um, that's, I think also why you tend to have one person when it's a group situation kind of handling it so that there's some kind of consistency of voice. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you are trying to be vague, musical. No. Um, if you're trying to be vague, I had to, it was too easy. Um, if you're vague about your identity, if you're vague about what what your personality and and your strengths and weaknesses are, if you try to sort of just blandly whitewash so that you appeal to any and everyone, um, there's nothing to grab. And I think that causes people to post in a way that's not actually very reflective of, of their likes and dislikes because they're so busy trying to just appease the masses. I'm going to try and attract as many people as I can right. rather than trying to find and attract the kindred spirits who would actually be the ones to follow through and look into you further. Right. And, and this kind of lays into, to, to hop back, people post differently than they consume. So you don't need to be, if whatever the identity of the band is, um, you don't need to be the, for the record, there's a guy I love, Gary Vaynerchuk. He posts like a bunch a day on every social media platform between like a picture with a quote to uh, a vlog to all this stuff story. Now that doesn't have to be you. If you're an introverted person and you're like, a little silly, right? Posting the kind of stuff that represents the band that you're in is much more accurate than feeling like you're, you've got to be this big, explosive social media personality. And not just but, on social media, but... But you do need to be a social media personality. Right. It doesn't have to be explosive. It doesn't have to be well, over the top. But there does... Your personality has to translate, and it has to translate. Ooh, so this is great. Consistently, this is ding, ding, ding. The first real disagreement of of season two. I think every personality is a social media personality. Every person. No, I would disagree in that some people try to disconnect from the whole piece altogether. Um, so, and when I say those people, I mean, it's like the people who sometimes never post and then throw up the last second, like, oh yeah, obligatory. I have to do this. Right. Okay. So, uh, so I get you on that. What I mean is every personality type, like if you're very quiet and introverted, right. that doesn't mean it's not going to translate to social media right. because there no, are plenty I, of people Total who agreement are, right. there. Total agreement. Oh, never mind. There's no... Yeah, sorry. No massive. Sorry, that was <laughs> pre-run. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes back to knowing, to being authentic with whatever your band's mission is. Maybe your band is an indie band and it's, it's weird. And so you are like, hey, we post weird stuff. Right. right, like this is representative of of us, of our our roots, right. our taste, our flavor, our influence, mm-hmm. our everything. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, another thing for self promotion too, to get off of social media for a sec, is uh, self promotion at gigs, not yes. just not just between you, the audience, you and the promoter, but you and the bands. If you're going to be playing original music, there's a chance that you're going to be playing on a bill with other bands. Yep. And part of self-promotion is, ooh, you ready for this? Ugh. Watching the other bands and, and getting to know and understanding part that you're, I don't care how good your music is, you're a part of the scene. And so if part of being self-promotion and putting yourself out there yeah. is, is entering the scene humbly, it's the same, it's the service industry. Once again, like, 
hey, we're getting, we're putting ourselves out there. The best way to put ourselves out there is to actually bring somebody else value. Well, right, because by being there, you're, that's also a means of presenting yourself, presenting yourself mm-hmm. as an artist and a band. The other thing that ties into that that I would say is equally important is um, if you're going for consistency, image consistency. So if you're trying to be funky and weird, it would be great if you reflect that consistently when people see you, right? Mm -hmm. If you're trying to be chill and nonchalant, you should also have that be reflected consistently when people see you. If you're trying to take people by surprise, then it better be different like every time so that people don't know what to expect and that's part of what they come to expect from you. But that follow through not only of being there, making the connection to people, but also whatever you put out into the world in photo shoots and uh, videos and this and that, you better walk into the gig and be that as well. So it's so much easier to do if it is pretty honest to who you are. Yeah, it doesn't work otherwise. Well, it can. I think there are some people who love theatrics and theater and drama and it's it's a genuine part of them but it's it's um they like to be able to like get all dressed up well, do their thing and then be like time to go be a couch potato and chill no that's but that's still authentic though right. in, in that respect it doesn't have to be that you walk in in your street clothes yeah right? i just like some i feel like people confuse in today's world of of coinage of terms, authenticity is sometimes like you are who you are the same way all the time. Right. And like, I think, you know, music can be an, an outlet for the, the weird side mm-hmm. or, um, the side that you don't have the outlet for. So then, so then that's like you said, also on authentic, but not necessarily who you are in your day to day. Right. So the important thing, meaning that you're not dressing up a certain image because you feel like you have to check off a box. Right. If it's, if it's like, hey, we're in a band, uh, there's this band, uh, Zoink Zulak. Uh, oh, yes. Like a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they dress up like aliens. Yep. Now, some of them work at some local music stores. They're clearly not going to do that at work. Shame. <laughs> if you come to Double Bar, you, could, <laughs> you can dress with however you like. Um <laughs> But it's authentically them. Like every gig they go to, they're dressed the same way. Like right. you can spot out a member of of that band uh, because that's their image, and yep. that's what they that's what they do. That's and and that's true. So when the suitcases first kicked off, we were trying to decide if it was going to be a full twenties thing. If we were going to be dressed up every time. And we ended up deciding on just being hipsters. And that worked. You know what I mean? But it was a very consistent, a very consistent decision that we flopped on a whole bunch in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it did create a certain amount of hiring confusion because people would sometimes hire us expecting us to be in our full getup. And then other times we'd show up in full getup and they were just like, why? It's May. What's going on? <laughs> Right. So yeah. there's, there's a certain expectation that you're fulfilling, not just, um, to your audience who finds you in one situation and then maybe follows you to another, but also for book, um, booking purposes. Right. So it depends. So I was in, uh, a couple bands. I was in one called the Goodfellas and we were doing covers and slate originals, but the Goodfellas came from uh, a mafia movie, the yep. Goodfellas. And so we dressed up for a while. I had a fedora, like collared black shirt, that kind yep. of stuff. It wasn't super tied out and everything, but it was enough. Yeah. And then that image kind of disappeared as we became more of a rock band and then the band kind of fizzled as well. Um, some of the other rock bands I was in, it worked really well because we had the, the goal was to be like, hey, we literally just pick up our instruments and go. Like we have some songs, but everything's a little different every night. Yeah. And so coming in, in we would always everybody had like the same attire. It was like jeans and a t-shirt yep. kind of situation um, <clears throat> because we wanted that vibe of like, 
excuse me. Um, <laughs> we wanted that vibe of like, hey, we literally just were right off the street. Yeah. You know, like exactly. Um, so when people when people can't and and the image too has to do with with beyond the clothes. Like for example, uh, the singer and I both had really long hair, yep. so we looked like like rock stars, like we the were full both package. right here. He was the lead singer, rhythm guitar player. I was the backup singer and the lead guitar player. So we kind of had that like half yep. trade off vibe, you know? Yep. Um, so it, you know, it, it had a, a lot to do with it in, in general. It wasn't so much pre-planned. We were, we were all kind of attracted to that thing too. Cause of yeah. all the bands we liked at the time, you know, we were looking at, Bands like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, well, when they're not completely naked, uh, would just go out in street clothes or take off their shirt kind of situation. Yep. Um, and that's the the vibe. And I always like those thrash metal bands when they would just have crazy long shaggy hair, teen jeans and a black t-shirt. Like, no, kind of the I'm a rock star, it looks like I just woke up vibe. Right. Um, yeah, and I think, so I think, that the fact that you were like, this is it, this is what we're going like. And sometimes that happens organically and that's not a discussion that ever has to happen between you and any of the people, but sometimes it is. Well, it's different in your case too. And I think the suitcases do a good job with it too, because specifically the music you're seeking out is, is a niche thing. Yes. Um, It's not typical. Like playing rock music in college and early post-college is quite typical. It is. Is, And so you can find people. But I've seen people do weird things with that too. Like I will never for the life of me understand. I I see this a lot with like younger girls who want to front a rock band Mm -hmm. and they show up dressed as if they're going to do like a choral concert. Like they look nice. They Mm -hmm. look lovely they look like they shouldn't be on stage with everybody else. You know what I mean? So it creates this weird disconnect between one person and the rest. Um, and, and I think there's, and that's, that's for your average everyday, throw it up there. So there's a certain element of, of capturing, not just in musicality, but also in presentation, what you're doing so that's that leads me to go back for a second that leads me to go back that leads me nowhere um (laughs) i've also been in bands which i i really enjoyed sometimes um that didn't have a cohesive message and so promotion image and everything was tough and the band fizzled out because of it. Yep. Um, promotion is just an extension of everything that's going on inside the band already. So, you know, I was in this band for a while, um, Colton, you know, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to be like, who's listening? Being like, oh, I don't know which band Ryan was talking about. (laughs) I was in one with him. I was in this band called Moose for a while, uh, like the dessert and, or the hairspray. And, (laughs) I was organizing rehearsals and making social media posts and I had found the guy we were recording with, um, shouts out Ron Poitras, did a really nice job on it, mm. um, and booking gigs and talking to places and, and everything. But I was like half the principal songwriter, not the lead singer and not the, the lead soloist like this lead guitar yeah and so there was this inherent consistent musical tension where it's like wait so i'm predominantly feeling like i'm doing the majority of the organization and the leading Mm -hmm. and then i come to rehearsal and i'm trying to organize other people's music where i'm playing a back seat and this is part of So you had like an internal band identity crisis right and and you you have to read yourself really well and i was at this age where 
these were some of the best musicians I knew. Awesome drummer, great bass player and backup singer. Uh, it was my buddy Matt Souza on guitar as well, and he's a great songwriter and guitar player. And then our buddy Matt Carpino was singing, and I thought to myself, as a guy who had done a lot of promotion, and I didn't do everything in the Young Westports or Westport, whatever we were, whatever day we called ourselves, um, but I did a fair amount of organization and everything yep. like that. And Bricker handled a fair amount too. Um, and I, I was kind of feeling stuck. I had gone through some groups and I was trying to lead, but it wasn't there. And so I just gathered like the best musicians I knew. And I thought if I gathered more, I was like, think of the possibilities. I have another guitar player who writes killer songs and who can sing bass player who can sing better than I can and is a great bass player, drummer who's phenomenal and a singer who, who's got a great lead voice and I can sing and arrange and do all this stuff and play. And I thought this will line up perfectly. They'll alleviate the pressure musically. And then I can do all this other stuff. Yep. And it didn't line up like that. And I kept telling myself, well, you know, if I'm the one consistently texting about rehearsals and then finding self-promotion, finding places to record and then take pictures and spots like that and writing demos and posting on social media for teasers, for recordings and doing all that. Yep. But I'm the third option musically. And we did play a good chunk, about 50% of my tunes, but it never clicked in that way. I always felt like the third option. Yep. And I kept telling myself that I had to be a team player. Yep. But if you're not satisfied in the band, and these are all buddies of mine too. It was like, but if you're not satisfied in the band and you're trying to promote it, you fizzle. You fizzle real hard. Right. Well, and I think that's a, that's a clarity thing, right? Because if you, if, if inherently you're not clear about what the, what the group is, then it does make it very hard to promote that group, right? So if the group is not cohesive and there's no definable... If the group inherently isn't cohesive and functioning as this one comfortable unit, then a lot of times it requires one person to be that that I'm doing it all and I'm the head. And if there's not that one person and it's kind of awkwardly split between two or three, then there's no, there's no definition. So to then be able to put that into a form and put it out into the world is kind of weird. So being the person who wants to do it, like that's my kind of my personality type for a lot of this stuff, uh, only works if you want to, if you want it, like if, if you enjoy the music and you enjoy the people and you enjoy everything and you want, you you're like, okay, this just makes sense for me to do it. It'll get done. But if you're unhappy with the music and the project and you're trying to take over, then you just get super jaded. Right. Yeah. No, you have to be. So I think part of your self-promotion image building is it has to be enthusiastic because it requires that time and that consistency, that focus, that extended focus. Um, and that has to be something you're excited about doing. And I think if you look at some of the most like popular artists, I'm not going for anything like look at all your mainstream artists that are, you know, Ariana Grande, Beyonce, mm -hmm. Lady Gaga, all the rappers that have names I don't remember. Um, but they have a consistent flow and a consistent output to um, sort of like capture attention, capture your focus, make something that's fun that people look forward to like, oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Whether it's a snapshot of them being ridiculous in the process of doing something, um, whether it's their guest appearance or joining somebody in a live performance, mm -hmm. which works at the small level too. You don't have to just be at the great level. Um, 
So even at the small level, being able to show up, join in on somebody else's performance when invited, but also still maintaining your own thing so that people see who you are as a performer and are like, oh, that person was really cool. I want to like find out more about that person. That's cool, right? Um, I think those are all really big takeaways when they're done repeatedly. Yeah, I so uh, my buddy Matt is in this band and what band? Uh, for uh, I'll I'll disclose it later on a later date because okay, I don't well you've blow dropped a few band names so. because they're my bands. Ah, right? okay. So my buddy Matt is in this band and oh this as in like. This he's hypothetical in a, band, right? He, that, that one, that, okay. no name. This example yeah. band, um, and the singer for the band is crazy tight-lipped about all content, meaning that like they have some cool stuff that has good cell phone quality stuff, but he won't post it. And they've got pretty good photos, and they've got stuff from the studio, um, but he won't post it because he's like. And this is kind of my, my philosophy that I see with, with people between when John Mayer posted a video of, of Chris Stapleton and him writing a song the day of, of a gig, and then he posted a cell phone quality version of him with Chris up on stage. Yep. And people watched it. Yeah. Um, people won't watch all four and a half minutes of the YouTube video you upload, but they'll watch 20 seconds of the Instagram clip. Like, yeah. People... I have this idea that you shouldn't post something because of the quality. And I think it goes back to the same stuff. Like if I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see one of my friends posted something, I'll watch a little bit of it. I'll look at the photo. Like I'll, you know, I'll click the bio link for a little bit. I'm not going to watch everything, but so many people withhold content that I think makes no sense to me. And then they're like, why is it that when I drop the big thing, yeah. It gets no response. Right. Well, I think I think what you said is really true. If you're smart and you have a good internal radar about what needs to be good quality and then what doesn't. Right. right. That's the important piece is like if you're trying to get people excited for an upcoming album release or mm-hmm. song release or something like that. Something that you've gone into the studio, you're excited about it and that song or album is going to be a really decent quality. The stuff leading up to it is more about creating the feeling of excitement that you have in your audience so that they're excited too, right? And they want to consume your product whatever that is, and enjoy it. So all the stuff that leads up to that professional release can be much more behind the scenes. And all that behind the scenes stuff is going to be inherently lower grade quality. And it's supposed to, the primary purpose is, is not, oh, the song or, oh, the album. It's a distorted version of the song. It's actually more about Look at us being excited for the song, the album, the this. Right. So the perspective and, and what you're actually sharing inherently is different. Well, this, this, is, this is one of the, one of the guys wants to go, to go back to that I watch a lot is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he always says, document, don't create. And that's exactly like it. you're like yes. you're documenting an experience. Right? Hey, we wrote this in band practice. We're heading to the studio next week. Yep. Here's 30 seconds of it. Hey, here's a picture of our guitar player recording the guitar parts. Yep. Hey, here's just here's some of the lyrics. Here's a line with a picture over it. Like you can you can give stuff. It's not. Oh, well, I got to check off the social media box. So let me just throw all this crap up there well, for no reason. An, it's an inherent way to do that that is organic, requires minimal energy mm-hmm. because it's already happening anyway. So all you have to do is whip out your phone or your whatever. And, and it's honest. So you don't have to try and convince people that it's you because it actually is just you doing your thing. And... I think that can have some of the greatest impact so that when you do release something that's so professional and put together, that it's not 
it doesn't come off as impersonal and cold because that's that's in our world of over media, over promotion, over stimulation for product. I feel like now people are more inclined to write something off if it's consist if it's consistently like perfected and professional. Sometimes they're quick to write it off as cold. Well, yeah, I mean, and disconnected. Think of the music that we all enjoy. It it's not just wow, I love this Led Zeppelin song. It's, you know, when I was 16, like, it's, yeah. it's all... Uh, it's intimate. It's, it's made intimate. Right. It's bigger than the music. Now, yep. the music is a non-starter. Of course, it's something you love, but it's, it's a moment in time that brings you back somewhere, or moments. And it's the same thing when, when you're putting out stuff. So, for example, like, my buddy's band had just done a, a new song live, and they recorded it, and they threw up a a boomerang and I I was flipping at my buddy. I was like, dude, you should throw the whole thing up on YouTube and put like 30 seconds up on Instagram. Like I wasn't at your gig. I'd love to hear my buddy's song that he's just like, hey, we're going into the studio in a couple months. Here's this new song we just wrote that's going to be on our next EP. It's like, I can't make it to every gig. Like, but but if like, it'd be the same thing that, if my buddy was sitting next to me, he'd play it in the car right. over the speakers and I'd enjoy it. It's the same thing. It's an extension of this. Yeah. And, and I want to be a part of that. Like I want to hear the song at its first performance. If I can, you know, as long as the audio is good enough and the video is good enough, I want to hear 30 seconds of it. And then I want to, I want to hear well, right. that journey. Cause like, that's it. Right? right. It's, it's, you are trying to bring people along for the ride of your career yeah for whatever project it is right so you've got this and you're like hey come along we're doing this thing and now we're doing this thing and now we're playing here and now we're collaborating with this person and now it's just come along for the ride come along and experience this thing which I think ties back to what you were saying which is instead of being like hey Come see my, come to my thing, buy my thing, share my thing. Instead, you get like this, this semi more personal interaction between you that is an experience and sharing something rather than asking them for something. Well, that's the distinctive difference. Like self promotion should be giving, not, should be more giving than asking. Right. Um, And so it's like, hey, you know, we'd love to have you listen, but here's a picture of us in the studio. Here's a demo. Here is a live stream of our gig. Heaven forbid you can't make it, but I would watch a song for a band that I like while I'm scrolling through Instagram. If they pop up on IG Live, I'd be yeah. like, perfect. This is so great. Um, it needs to be about giving, right? Hey, here's this. And then when you ask, like, hey, he, we've got our recording, you know, we've got a big gig, gig coming up, you know, it's not, well, we gave you all this. It's, it's out of, you know, if you're here, we'd love it, but we're still going to give you all of this. Right, which I think is why people who have been very good at sharing processes and experiences and um, just storylines of their their projects they are also the ones that when they throw up the GoFundMe for their next project or their next um, whatever, they will actually get a lot of support because people enjoyed going along for the ride. And they're like, oh, cool. What's the next ride going to be? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm down for this. this. That was fun before. And I've got like a positive mental association with you and your... Yeah, I I don't completely buy that in this era of overstimulation that people are are uninvested. I think it's the exact opposite. People are searching their phones because instead of watching a bunch of TV or filling it with X, Y, and Z, yeah. they're looking for a new something. They're like, I could, you know, I could watch TV, I could play video games, I could do X, I could do Y, but give me something that is atypical of my life. Yeah. Give me a something. Like, I'm searching for a place. And it's like, yeah, cool. You can follow our band. Like, here's a home. Here's yeah. a something. Like, and here's a whole bunch of stuff, too. And we, we are bringing you into the community that is our little pod of similarly minded or 
Right. And so to kind of... Similar taste people. To kind of tie back to the other band thing, to the scene, what a lot of successful bands do is they they gas up and promote other band stuff. Like not just once, but but they'll throw it, they'll throw it up, they'll highlight it. And not for the expectation that when it's your turn, everybody will get you back because that's a dangerous game. You have to give without expectation. You do. If you want to succeed. Yep. Otherwise you get super jaded. Yes. Because somebody will be like, they didn't share this, they didn't do that. It's like, yeah, yep. but you don't know what's going on over there. Yep. The band could be about to break up. Yep. Like you can't you have to give without expectation. And a lot of these bands And you also have to give intelligently. You, because uh, one of the things, so, uh, oh gosh, what do they call them? I'm blinking. Influencers? Yes. Right? So I feel like there's this influencer arc where it's like, hey, I have my thing that I do and I've got this personality and this trait and I'm going to sort of recommend this thing that's directly related to what I do. But then, of course, what happens is they then start making money from people like, hey, can you can you work my product or my this or my that into your influencer page and status? And so then they start influencing kind of unrelated stuff that doesn't really tie in or make sense. And then they immediately lose their audience. So when you're in the musician world, right, and you're doing that, make sure you share stuff that makes sense. Right. So if it's a band you're playing with upcoming and you like them, you could be like, hey, have you checked out their EP? Or if it's a venue that you really enjoy, you know, things that things that are relevant to you, that make sense to you, yep. that you're giving back because you're like, hey, this is really cool. Yep. Um, it doesn't have to be that somebody did something for solid for me, but I just really like this. Yep. Right. Because the equivalent for YouTube is like, for all of the younger vaguely music fans, they probably see this a bunch is you'll watch some content and then the person will grow. And then all of a sudden they're just like, this video is sponsored by Nord VPN. And it's just like, this is, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching sports media content and commentary and I don't care about network security from you or it's a mobile game, you know, you got to play. And none of that is relative. So I agree. When you're promoting your band, you don't want to just be something completely random. Because you have your personal life, especially like your personal interactions, your personal social media. You have a lot of that. So that if you just want to start throwing out random like, yo, this is wicked cool. I love this. Do it there, right? Mm -hmm. But make the differentiation between what's your personal and personal enjoyment and then what ties into like, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense to the audience I'm building. This makes sense to everything. Oh, this is super relevant too. And I'm sorry, I'm going to blow up your spot so you can just delete this after. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. This is super relevant because Kelsey just made a private separate Instagram. I did. Um, Not because anything on the double bar page wasn't representative of you, no, but, but I th- like books. Right. And there's a whole lot of stuff that's <laughs> that's not relevant to the double bar content, you know? Yep. Like yep. books and and uh red. Oh, I really want to s- and book like books and cosplaying. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> um, but it's the same concept where it's like if if <clears throat> you're on the double bar page and you see a little snippet about uh, we just I just thrown something up about Jimi Hendrix. It's like, oh, that's on brand. You right. know, uh, if you're on the double bar page and you're recommending sci-fi books, it's like, it's like, okay, cool, but also, you know, and every once in a while, one thing is fine because you you kind of feel like you're expanding the palette. Yep. But consistently, if it's just a smorgasbord, then yeah, then it becomes like, wait, see, that's when I feel like people unfollow. When people say like, oh, I unfollowed that person because they post too much, I actually don't think so. I think some people do, but for the most part, people unfollow when it's scattered. Yes. Right, because if it's the same thing, like some of my favorite musicians, if they post it three times a day, I'd be crazy excited to see 15 seconds of blazing guitar or awesome, you know, hey, here's me in the studio, here's, or, you know, we've been talking a lot about that. Hey, here's my tour van. 
Yeah. You know, hey, here's a little biography of each member of my touring band, you know, because yeah. it's going to be different. Like that stuff is super cool. It's when it becomes off brand that you're like, this is nauseating. Yep. Because the stuff you like, of course you want to consume a bunch of the stuff you like. Yeah. So I want to kind of like just do a brief synopsis of things that people should be conscientious of if they're trying to sort of work their... Uh, promotion and general image presentation. Mm -hmm. Like, so I would say, you know, the most obvious is the social media world. If you, okay. Yeah. And if separate your personal mm -hmm. with your performer. Agreed. And I also would not be glued to the platforms you have now. Grow. Yeah. Grow with new platforms, but also go for, an image consistency from platform to platform. That doesn't mean you have to have this same posting, but it does mean that, um, you know, maybe your Snapchat is a more informal behind the scenes of your band, but it's not unrelated from, and the, and, and the personality behind it isn't drastically different. It just might be more intimate. Um, so getting a cohesive, uh, presentation of what your music is or what your artistry is across platforms and new platforms mm -hmm. as they come up. Worst thing that happens is you make a username and it lives on forever and <laughs> no one ever goes to it. Um, so social media for mm -hmm. sure. And then to be hyper consistent, even if you don't have a big this or a big that coming up um, to be, be posting consistently to remind people of the journey that it, you're going through to get to the big events. So that when the big events happen, they're not like, oh, yeah, right, I forgot about you. I didn't realize you were still doing anything. That sort of thing. Yep. Um, you've got a relationship in place. So that would be social media. And then I would say, like, performance presentation mm -hmm. and and connection um so you know visual presentation does it make sense is it consistent from show to show does it reflect and make sense with what you're doing musically um knowing to jumping on or playing specific places like not everything that's fine if bands cross genre sometimes yeah. those are the but it's a specific thing like hey we are going to be the person you know we're, we're crossing through. Um, and then to be able to consistently talk with people in the field and not go in with the expectation that you're going to be taking anything out. So giving more than you're taking substantially and giving without the expectation that that's going to make your band pop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so the other thing I would say that we haven't talked about ton about and there's not really too much to say on it but the um your oh no what is the best way to say this your professional correspondence so i'm not talking necessarily about your face-to-face band-to-band but how you communicate within the music world whether you are how you talk to fans Mm -hmm. should be pretty consistent, right? Um, and then how you talk to booking agents, venues, like you want to have a certain level of consistency so that when uh, venues refer you to other venues, which happens, um, there's, there's a general expectation of, oh yeah, you know, they're very, very relaxed to talk with and very prompt. Uh, they'll get back to you in no time. Or, yeah, you know, they're, uh, they're a great band. Sometimes it takes them a while to get back to you because, um, especially in the latter scenario, if you are equally casual, it doesn't create any weirdness between... Um, like, oh, he responded to me really yeah. fast, but then it took him 
a month to respond to this person. So being consistent in how you interact professionally um, is another piece of what helps create your sort of musical identity in influences people's relationships with that identity. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? No, that, I don't know. <clears throat> that does. That does. Cause the music industry is very small. It is. And inevitably it, the word goes round and there is always weirdness when you're interacting in different ways with different people. They it hear is. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if the venue is a little bigger or pays a little more yep. and you respond to them faster, that goes around yeah. real fast. That's usually when people respond faster yeah. is when you feel like you're moving on. Oh, up. you're more important. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So that's, a, I feel, a rough synopsis mm-hmm. of some things. Um, so as always, All right. We're we here end. with the Strumpfler surprise. And it turns out you got a brand new car. Yay! Uh, your favorite outfit to wear for a gig. Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> we're in New England, so winter, summer. So summer. To be fair, I actually think all spots around the planet have <laughs> winter and summer. No, some are very consistent. Temperature-wise? No, but they still have seasons. Right. I Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay, so... That's a snapshot of what Double Bar really is. weather, I've got this sweet... Actually, there is an awesome photo of it um, from when I played the New Bedford Folk Festival. Um, and it's actually from Calico in New Bedford. Check them out. They're a great clothing store. Um, in, it's like crazy pink dress but it's so flowy and it has slits in it so that if it's hot, it doesn't matter. But if I stand still, I'm not super exposed. So it's like the perfect balance of a breeze in hot weather and also not having to wear a tiny short skirt. Love it. Uh, In winter? Oh, I didn't think about winter. No, that's fine. I only wanted one. Yeah, well... My leather jacket. That's fair. If I'm not playing bass, if I'm just singing. So if I could play every gig in uh, a so suit, tie, white shirt, black tie, and black everything else. That really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I no. like I like that a lot. Either that that's a toss up between I have a Darth Vader on a surfboard, bright, uh, bright light blue tank top. Nice. That's, that's <clears throat> for the brand. Um, <laughs> but I, I really like getting dressed up for gigs because it, it feels of significance. I don't like all black. I like the way that the white, the white color suit. Uh, the contrast? Yeah. It feels, <clears throat> wow, this is a great one. Um, it feels a little bit classier and penguins are my favorite animal. So this lines up really well. (laughs) And on that note, we thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.